In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we jump in, we must warn you this episode contains explicit content, such as sexual abuse, that may be disturbing to some people. Listener discretion is advised. Also, if this is the first time you're listening to Sacred Scandal, everything will make a lot more sense if you start with episode one. Night has just fallen on November the 3rd, 2020, in Guadalajara, Mexico. And Silvia Orozco, a 30-year-old wide-eyed beauty, is home making dinner for her family. Silvia lived in Hermosa Provincia, just a block away from the Apostles' Casa Grande. Her home is so close to La Luz del Mundo's Grand Temple that at night, its neon floodlights bathe her house in purple, blue, and yellow. Hermosa Provincia is a close-knit community where only LLDM believers are allowed free reign. If someone who doesn't belong tries to enter, they're quickly approached by friendly but firm members who insist on guiding the visitors around until they leave. But this November night, nobody seemed to stop the armed stranger that barged into Sibia's kitchen. The man shot her four times with 9mm bullets then quickly made his escape, jumping into a convoy of two vehicles waiting right outside. Sibia was dead before she hit the kitchen floor. In front of the people, in front of her mother, in front of uh, her siblings. This is Joel Silva, a former deacon of the church. Sibia was killed in front of her siblings, her mother and her three-year-old son, who all came running when they heard the door being busted open. In front of the witnesses around the, the, the Colonia Hermosa Provincia and the, one of the main streets there. Despite the multiple witnesses and security camera footage showing the hitman's cars rushing out of Hermosa Provincia through streets filled with people, officially, nobody seems to know who Sibia Skillard might be. Ask for a copy of the denounces against that horrific act of a killing of a girl one block away from the temple. 
They don't give you anything. There's nothing there. There's no records. Joel knows this because he went to Jalisco's district attorney's office himself, demanding to see if any progress had been made on the investigation. I'm telling you because we went to investigate. Uh, can we get, have a copy of the denounce or the declarations? No, the case is closed. Almost three years later, Sibia's killer remains at large. But theories abound as to who might have ordered a hit and why someone might have wanted her dead. I'm Roberta Garza, and you're listening to Sacred Scandal, Season 2. This is Episode 5, Silence of the Lamb. The neighborhood of Hermosa Provincia, the fabled city that LLDM's first apostle founded way back in the 1950s, is like a city inside a city. Unlike the boisterous streets of the rest of Guadalajara, Hermosa Provincia is quaint and orderly, a small, working-class neighborhood of about 5,000 people that's totally self-contained. It has its own schools, a post office, hospital and market, and everyone who lives there belongs to and believes in LLDM. We sent our correspondent, Florencia Flores, to interview its residents, and all of them beamed about how safe and happy they felt there. A woman named Maggie says it's nice and quiet. Other places in Guadalajara are more dangerous, but here it's more secure and peaceful, she says. Another man we spoke with emphasized how he can walk around safely at night. I think he would never think to do in other parts of the city. Aquí en la provincia hay una reunión a las 5 de la mañana y nos levantamos a las 4 de la mañana y vamos al templo, si sabía, ¿no? Another man talks about the harmony of the neighborhood, saying we all share with each other. We all help each other. We're a community. Es un lugar donde hay mucha armonía. Todos los hermanos pasan, nos ayudamos entre todos, es una comunidad. In tightly knit Hermosa Provincia, Everyone watches everyone else. A block from Sibia's residence is the Casa Grande, where the Apostle and his family live. That home is guarded 24-7 by armed men, a mixture of policemen and LLDM's own security corps. And yet, no guards reacted to the rare sound of gunshots right at their doorstep. Hola amigos, Dios les bendiga. Les habla Luis Carlos Reyes. This is Luis Carlos Reyes a YouTuber and former LLDM member who uses his channel to track and comment on what's going on in La Luz del Mundo land. En este día, o diría en esta tarde, voy a compartir un video con ustedes que creo que la va a ser interesante para las personas que están investigando el caso de Sibia. There is a huge community of people online who talk and share news about LLDM. Some are former LLDM members, some are just curious. Luis's YouTube channel has 53,000 subscribers. And this video of him analyzing the security footage from outside Sibia's house has over 8,000 views. Lo único que yo tengo aquí es evidencia física y lo voy a presentar aquí porque yo sé que los miembros, uh, los líderes de la secta de la luz del mundo tienen este video. The video is black and white. There is no sound. 
The camera is nestled behind some leaves, but you can clearly see the street outside Sylvia's house. The video is time-stamped November the 3rd, 2020. There are two people sitting at a table across from her house, perhaps selling something. The street is calm. Then, a flurry of activity. Luis plays the video in full. He rewinds it and plays it again. Vemos que hay personas que están corriendo aquí, están corriendo. ¿Por qué están corriendo? Este va caminando y luego empiezan a correr, mire. We see people running, he says. They are getting out of the way, afraid of something. But of what? Y luego pasan estos dos autos. Uno blanco y este que parece como gris oscuro. Luis points out two moving cars. First a white one, and then one that appears to be dark gray. The cars swerve in from around the corner and then speed down the street. Just before the cars emerge, two men turn the same corner. They look back, see something, and start to run. All at once, there's people on the mostly empty street, about five or six. It looks like neighbors rushing in to see what happened. As the cars speed by, they duck out of the way as fast as they can. Estas personas que están aquí, todas estas personas oyeron algo o miraron cosas. Por eso es que se ven correr. Vamos a verlo una vez más. The people who were there, Luis says, all of these people heard something, saw something. That's why they're running. They're walking and then they start running. What did you hear? Luis asks. ¿Qué fue lo que pasó? ¿Y de quién son estos autos? ¿Quién reconoce estos autos? What happened? And whose cars are these? Does anyone recognize the cars? Yo no sé, amigos. Yo no sé qué es lo que está pasando yo en México, en las, en estas calles de la hermosa provincia. Yo no vivo allá. Yo no conozco ese lugar, así como las personas que viven ahí. He ends the video with a plea to those who still live in Hermosa Provincia. I don't know, my friends, what's happening there in Mexico, in the streets of Hermosa Provincia. I don't live there anymore. I don't know the place as well as the people who live there now. But those who are watching this video, or those who can remember that night, they can give a lot of information. No sé qué más decirle, pero espero que este video les pueda ayudar a las personas que están investigando este asunto. Dios les bendiga. When Sibia's murder happened, there were numerous witnesses. Her family saw it all from inside the house, and the people outside, on the street, saw the killers. Or at least what appeared to be their cars, fleeing the scene. And yet, when the police arrived to investigate, no one came forward with information about the cars or the shooter. It was a deafening collective silence. When we return, LLDM's official response. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. 
Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shortly after Sibia's death, LLDM posted a video on their official Facebook page. The English title translates to pronouncement regarding the femicide of Sibia Orozco Alegría. Buenas tardes tengan todos y todas. En la asociación Alma de Mujer y Vida hemos trabajado siempre en promover la cultura de género. The video shows four women sitting at a long conference table. Behind them is a perfectly framed view of the Grand Temple. All are wearing LLDM's modest clothes, little to no makeup, long skirts, and high necklines. Masks cover their faces because it's 2020 and COVID is still raging. Each woman takes off her mask as she speaks. Muy buenas tardes. Hablo desde la más profunda indignación como mujer, como escritor. The first three speak about the church, about how LLDM works to promote gender equality and how the safest place for women believers is in the sisterhood of the church. Desde mi punto de vista, el lugar más seguro que muchas mujeres que profesamos la fe de la Iglesia a la luz del mundo teníamos... The last woman to speak is Sibia's mother, Dalila Alegría Gutiérrez. Mi nombre es Dalila Alegría Gutiérrez. Y levanto este micrófono para alzar mi voz, porque no traigo un discurso... In dark sunglasses, with her hair slicked back, Delila says she did not bring a speech. She brings only pain. No traigo líneas escritas. Yo traigo una vocecita de un niño de tres años que le arrebataron a su madre de la forma más cruel y más cobarde que puede existir. El día martes entraron a mi casa, hasta la cocina de mi casa, y acribillaron a mi hija. She says, I don't have any written lines. I have the soft voice of a three-year-old boy whose mother was snatched from him in the cruelest way. On Tuesday, 
They trespassed into my house, into my kitchen, and gunned down my daughter. Yo vi cómo esta persona, si se le podía llamar persona, acribilló a mi hija. Yo lo vi. I saw how that person, if you can call them a person, loaded my daughter with bullets. Delila says, I saw him with my own eyes. I saw her body lying on the floor, covered in blood. I can't keep quiet. I demand the authorities do their job. Dalila goes on to say she has filed a complaint with authorities and says she wants to ask, no, to demand that they do not let this go unpunished. Yo exijo a las autoridades que hagan su trabajo. Yo solo pido que este dolor... There's raw pain in Dalila's voice. She lists the politicians she's spoken with, all of whom, she says, were kind and pledged to help her. Yo fui ante las autoridades. Al señor Alfaro me, me mandó con el secretario de... But when months later, Joel Silva went to the district attorney's office to find answers, there was no trace of any collected evidence, no files on Sibia to be found. The case's official status is unknown, but for all practical purposes, it seems very much as dead as Sibia Orozco. As we know from Moises Padilla's case against the church in episode two, it's not uncommon for evidence to go missing or paperwork to get lost when it's related to LLDM's wrongdoings. Hoyle says he had a friend who used to do this kind of dirty work for the church. Yeah, I had a friend that used to be the lawyer of Samuel, one of the lawyers. And uh, I knew he went to, in Mexico, Guadalajara. He went to the judge, uh, you know, with the judges and the, where all the paperwork is done, pay the employees and bring, uh, disappear the, the copies, everything. Paying off authorities to make sure paperwork goes missing is not the only method LLDM has to make its problems go away. The church has carefully cultivated deep connections with the government and the police, both at the state and federal level. Yeah, they have a salary in the payroll of the state police. Earlier in this episode, we mentioned the Apostle has armed guards constantly patrolling his house. There was two levels there in Guadalajara. The first one was the one that was uh, guarding all the time his house and the Casa Grande. And they were always uh, a minimal force right there every day. But Joel says there are two levels of armed guards used by LLDM. One is the private guards for the Apostle, and the other is a civil force used to keep the peace in the community. And there was another one that was like a civil force to take care of the security of the Hermosa Provincia in general, you know, to the members, to keep the pace and keep the, the order during celebrations. Armed private guards are not common in Mexico. They are reserved only for the very rich, the very powerful, or the very criminal. Legally, no one can carry a firearm without a special permit. That permit has to come from the army, and it's extremely difficult to get. Ellos eran como los guardias protectores, pero eran eran voluntarios. En algunos casos, los que sí estaban cercanos. They were like bodyguards, but they were volunteers. In some cases, those who were close to him, their job was to guard and escort. These were highly trained people who were well prepared. They had defensive training, I guess, like general weapons training. This is Sharim Guzman, 
He worked as a political liaison for LLDM in Ensenada. He knows the backroom dealings between LLDM and Mexico's politician and police forces very well. He interacted with members of the Apostle Security Detail regularly. Fíjate que había una persona, digo, no me consta. Había una persona que era un soldado y me lo platicó una, me lo platicó un ex miembro. See, there was a person. I mean, I don't know him myself. There was a person who was a former militia soldier. He told me about it. They were comrades in the militia. The other man introduces himself to the church. He meets a girl. They get married. And he begins to give them security training. So this one former military guy basically trained the rest of the Apostles' armed guards. And he was not the first one. Since Aron's military days, LLDM's guards have remained very cozy with Mexico's armed forces. Hay gente que hasta ha mostrado sus títulos donde han ido a hacer, perdón, se han capacitado para ser capacitadores de estas personas. There are people that become trainers and have even shown their credentials. They have been trained to train others because there's a part of the guard that works as policemen. It's an area called civil protection. But they also act like an internal paramilitary with different functions. It's in their name, but they act as another secret guard. LODM members are forbidden to be policemen or soldiers, but that restriction seems to be over now. They all belong to this entity inside LLDM called civil protection. But unofficially, the ones that guard the Joaquins 24-7 form a special unit of hardcore followers called the Guards of Jericho. LLDM denies the existence of such a group. Yet there they stand, at all hours, armed and vigilant for all to see at the door of the Casa Grande, or wherever the Apostles' family can be found. Protección Civil is an area disfrazada también como de un tema paramilitar. Interno. They are basically an internal paramilitary group under the guise of civil protection that have different functions. I mean, the name says it all, but secretly there is a group beyond that cover that is prepared for anything. Los que protegían a Samuel eran gente que estaba preparada para abatir. Those who protected Samuel, they were people who were prepared to kill. How do you explain that an apostle of God used armored cars? These guards, true believers, are there to protect the apostle and his family by whatever means necessary. In his uh, closed uh, group of uh, guards, we call it the Guaruras, there were some extreme people there, you know? Some of them, they, they would go after a guy that talked bad about the apostle and beat him, you know, or, or else. According to former Pastor Hector Vera, these guards are not just highly trained, they can be lethal. La familia Joaquín es poderosa, ¿verdad? Y están protegidos por guaruras. Con sus grupos de guaruras, mandan golpear, mandan matar. The Joaquín family is powerful, it's true. It is no wonder they need to be protected by loyal guards. But according to Hector, these guards ordered beatings, they ordered killings, and he names the case of Sibia Orozco. Por ejemplo, el caso de Sibia Orozco en el templo de la hermosa provincia. So we know there's two levels of guards, one that patrols the streets of Hermosa Provincia, keeping the peace on the streets, and the special, 
elite, more extreme force assigned to do the royal family's biddings. We know from Sharim and Joel that these guards are trained by members of the Mexican military. Some are even alleged to be active policemen. And we know from Moises' attempted murder in episode 2 that when all else fails, LLDM is quite capable of having them, or the federales at their service, make the church's problems go away. But Moises was actively trying to discredit LLDM by launching a public campaign against its many abuses. Sibia, on the other hand, was just a 30-something single mother living with her parents in Hermosa Provincia. No one has any evidence to prove the Joaquins, the Garcias, or any other member of the church ordered their goons to kill Sibia. And yet, Sibia didn't really have a life outside LDM. The circumstances around her murder suggest foul play. She was marked for death. So we must ask, what threat did Sibia pose? What did Sibia know that was so important? So much so that the only solution was to keep her permanently quiet. That's next, after the break. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the last posts on Sibia Orozco's social media reads, 
Nunca llegaré al cielo porque no sé cómo. In English, it means, I'll never get to heaven because I don't know how. It was posted just a month, almost to the date, before her death. Below the caption is a selfie of her looking glamorous, sort of badass. Ripped jeans, big 70s rock star style sunglasses, her black hair in a bob. Not exactly LLDM's approved aesthetic. It's easy to read into a caption like that, as if she might have known death was coming. It's about heaven, sure, but it's in a playful, bad girl language. Other posts on her Facebook tell a slightly different story. On March 2020, eight months before her death, she posted, Revenge is a dish best served cold. Along with a grinning emoji and a picture of a woman at a protest holding a sign that said, Why shut up if I was born screaming? Before 2020, Sibia's Facebook posts were more of the live, love, laugh variety. There's pictures of her pregnant belly, a Christmas tree, and her father with the caption Full House, Happy Heart, and a photo of a champagne bottle and Te Amo spelled out in rose petals on a hotel bed on Valentine's Day. But something happened in the spring of 2020 that caused her to start posting threats on her Facebook page. That something was a bad breakup. Sibia had been in a long-time relationship with Silem Garcia. We've met him before. He's the man you heard last episode, vehemently denying Sochil Martin's involvement with LDM and insisting the church had no knowledge of her on an interview with the news group Milenio. La verdad es que nosotros no, en lo personal, te, te voy a ser muy sincero, yo no conozco a esta persona. Okay. Desconocíamos completamente, pero te quiero... Silem is LLDM's official spokesperson. His main responsibilities are keeping LLDM's ugly truths from coming out, offering empty words to the press and maintaining an externally polished image. And he does his job very well. El vocero de la luz del mundo, Silem García, solicitó derecho de réplica y nos acompaña en el estudio. Silem, bienvenido. Muchas gracias, Alejandro. Buenas noches. Here he is, defending Nason's innocence on Milenio. La Iglesia de la Luz del Mundo tiene plena confianza en que una vez analizados los falsos señalamientos de los que ha sido objeto el apóstol de Jesucristo... Silem isn't just LLDM's official spokesperson. He's also the son of one of the big-shot bishops of the church, Gilberto García. The moneymaker. The deal-breaker. The preacher who gave the speech that sealed the deal for Nason to become the apostle, right after Samuel passed away. Silem García is the rumored father of Sibia's three-year-old son, the son who witnessed his mother gunned down right in front of him. After Sibia's murder, Silem was conspicuously absent from all official LLDM's declarations around her death. In fact, since that tragic November day, his usually abundant media appearances dropped to almost zero. Which is odd, because Sibia's murder also coincided with Nasson's trial heating up. You'd think Silem would have a lot to say. Religious leaders are supposed to have the best interests of their followers and congregations in mind. Officials say that is not what the leader of the Light of the World Church was doing. Instead, they say he was abusing his position of power, taking advantage of people, families, and young children for his own sexual desires. Silem was 15 years Sibia senior and married to another woman. 
but Sibia had been Silem's lover since she was a teenager, a gift from the apostle to the loyal Garcia family. Sibia used to serve Samuel and then Nason right before she was passed on to Gilberto and Silem. And she was my, my niece, by the way. This is Joel again. We heard him describe Sibia's killing earlier in this episode. Before leaving the church, he was close to Sibia and her family. Joel and Sibia come from a multi-generational LLDM family, a family whose members know the ins and outs of the church, its inner workings better than most. They were very close to the apostles, their power and their secrets. But this girl was also a helper for Samuel in one time. And then she was passed to Nason in another time. And then Nason released her from his service and passed it to help Silem. Of course, Silem does not officially acknowledge Sibia's son as his. We do not know what caused the two to break up. All we have is a timeline from Sibia's Facebook. The happy posts, and then, shortly after Valentine's Day 2020, the angry posts about revenge being a dish best served cold. A jilted and mistreated lover, with a lot of intimate knowledge about where LLDM's bones are buried, that's something that would scare even an apostle of God. This lady had a lot of knowledge of the, you know, the deeds of these people. So when she decided to talk about it, they disappear her. So there's many theories around there. They did it as an example of all the hundreds, if no thousands of victims in Hermosa Provincia and in other parts of Mexico. Joel has a theory of his own. It was a demonstration of power. He put an example of her. This is going to happen if you open your mouth. Coyle's theory has to do with the crucial timing of the murder. Sibia's assassination went down just as Nason's trial was about to start. Like Sibia, there are many LLDM women out there who could do a lot of damage if they came forward. After all, they were the ones that, in a mixture of fierce loyalty and brutal coercion, did most of the apostles' dirty work. Prosecutors say the Apostle, for all his religious glory, has always had women in the church who helped to recruit and groom young girls in their teens for him to abuse and rape. That's next on Sacred Scandal. Sacred Scandal, La Luz del Mundo, is a production of Exile Content Studio in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network and is hosted by me, Roberta Garza. Produced by Sabine Jansen with the help of Estela Emmet, Reynolds Gutierrez, and Ana Isabel Octavio. Written by myself and Monisa Hinrichs. Research by Roberta Garza. Additional reporting by Florencia González Guerra García. Engineering by Hugo Mendoza and Sabine Jansen. Sound design by Patrick Quiñones. Original music by Patrick Hart. Edited by writer Alsop and Rose Reed. Executive producers are Rose Reed, Carmen Graterol, Isaac Lee, and Nando Villa. Daniel Bautista oversees audio at Exiled Content Studio. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Vances and Arlene Santana. Sacred Scandal was created by Melanie Bartley and Paula Barros. Special thanks to Sonic Union. For more podcasts, 
go to the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.